Welcome to Swifties Notes on Novels where we share our unfiltered opinions about books and Taylor Swift songs which take us back to the fictional world. I'm your host Jasleen and I'm Sakshi and we are two very passionate Swifties who want to bring you into our regular conversations where we spiral over words and lyrics. Hello and welcome to our third episode which is all about our favorite fantasy author Sarah Jane. We like to start these conversations with going back in time. to see when we started reading Sarah J Maas so sakshi take us away 2016 so that was the year 2015 and 2016 is the year i joined bookstagram bookstagram at that time had integrity it did not have spoilers it did not have people discussing the whole plots in the comments akutar was all over so was akumaf at that point I just decided to pick it up and I knew Reese was going to be some kind of a important character but I had no spoilers thankfully that's when I got into SJM the first book of SJM for me was Akotar moved to Akomaf Akowar wasn't out yet so I moved on to TOG just rest is history fell in love never looked back beautiful beautiful writing yeah for sure i was one of the only people that i knew of at that point in time who was reading these books as they came out so mm-hmm. i started reading throne of glass in 2013 i was 17 i just came across this random book that was available and i read it and it was very much in line with what i liked at that point in time so think hunger games divergent but it was so different like i had not mm-hmm. read fantasy like this i was a huge maggie steve water fan and i don't know if you read her books but she had like books about werewolves she had like these raven boys books so i knew that i would like fantasy and i did like throne of glass but i had no idea that at this point in time exactly 10 years later i would have read these books five times at the very least so both akutar and throne of glass i've read minimum of five times so were you reading throne of glass as it was coming out only throne of glass the first book was out when i've started reading sarajevas hmm so i want to do a hot take here are you telling okay. me that you read throne of glass book 1 and were convinced to continue the series next year for a 17 year old the book was not bad it was something so new i had never read fantasy like that and even though the first book in throne of glass barely has any romance i had just mm. never read it the only fantasy i read at that point in time which was comparable were like middle grade fantasy and this was just something so mm-hmm. new it was like my hunger games with fantasy and i was a huge hunger games fan by then mm, i would consider it a middle grade fantasy still because it reads like you know the 17 year old kids doing random adventurous shit that's what all hunger games is about that's what harry potter is about it doesn't get into high fantasy until like book 3 oh for sure for sure but i do think that i wasn't a fan fan of sarah j mass till I got to Air of Fire in Throne of Glass and then when Akutar came out very fun fact and this is going against every fiber of my being to admit but I actually DNF'd Akutar the first time I read it no I way. couldn't finish I couldn't continue from the 5th chapter on it was just not for me it was the wrong 
point in time and then I picked it up a couple of months later and I read it in one sitting and then I had no idea what was coming for me with uh, a quote <laughs> of Mist and Fury. I do not understand the hate that Akutar gets. People are like, it's not a great book. Have you read most fantasy books out there? Have you read most romanticy books out there? It is better written than 80% of them. So yeah. I think it's the world building that throws people off. They're not used to intense world building, which is in Akutar part one. I think first 50% of it is mostly world building. If you get past that, mind blown. True. And it's also because Saraji Mas is an author invests a lot of time in building that romance even mm. though romance is front and center in the entire akotar series it's not insta love at all it is portrayed as enemies to lovers and every part of the enemies is stretched to the maximum there's no swooning over a pretty guy which is what romantic fantasy has now become uh, mm -hmm. Like there's no time spent whatsoever. I mean, think Twilight, for example, really bad comparison. Bella is instantly attracted to Edward and that does not happen in Sarah J. Maas books mm -hmm. at all. Mm -hmm. It takes so much time. You see that relationship develop through the writing, through their interactions with not just like the main characters, but how the main characters interact with the world as well. And mm -hmm. honestly, the first book in Akotar, it's like not even the tip of of the iceberg as far as world building is concerned can of worms for me if we're talking about sarajima's world building don't get me started she drip feeds that world to you and which is why i feel closer to prithian which is where akotar is set in is like this world where these creatures who are fey are separated from the human world by a wall and we see our main character taken into this fairyland by a beast essentially and that's the fun part where Aquatar actually was written as a beauty and the beast retelling but neither of us kind of sees it because it's such a new story to, to be a retelling mm -hmm. okay you're right I never saw it as a retelling, but I know that if we have to summarize the book in two, three sentences, it will sound like the Beauty and the Beast retelling. It's not. When you get into the book, not even the essence of it. It cannot be condensed into, oh, the plot sounds like Beauty and the Beast. It does not. I think it needs to be given a fair chance and it should not be clubbed as a retelling. I think it's just poor marketing. I know. It's also one of the first books and at that point in time, everyone and their mother was reading Akotar. Like it was all over the internet and I might even go as far as saying it's her most popular series. I think that's because of the romance in it. My favorite series from SJM is Akotar and I'm. it's not because I'm biased because I read it first, probably because it's a romance. Yeah. That's true. And it's also very different from how romance typically is presented 
with everything that Feyre, our main character, goes through. She's relatable. She's your regular Katniss Everdeen character who was very famous mm-hmm. at that point in time, who still remains the blueprint of a fantasy heroine, mm-hmm. even at this point in time. And yet she is so much more relatable. Feyre behaves her age. And that's what I like about this series the most is... She is real. She has so much responsibility. But at the same time, there's compassion. There is artiness to her. Like throughout the books, it's so fun to read these excerpts where she's just thinking about colors and seeing the world with her colors. The writing in Akotar is far more poetic than some of the mm-hmm. earlier Throne of Glass books. I think there is space in, in the romanticy genre for Sarah J. Maas to really shine and also makes her different because she gives this depth to to Feyre and to Tamlin as well. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Now that you mentioned the poetic writing, it just made me realize that Akutar has both of the books and both of the series, TOG and Akutar, have very dramatic writing, which I love about Sarah J. Maas. She doesn't have those dialogues release the breath she was holding. She has much more intense dialogues that describe action, that describe the scenery around. That's that's what makes it Char has a lot more of vivid things. For example, like you said, poetic yeah. and artistic, seeing it through her colors, the way she just describes a scenery is so different in TOG versus Akotar. And by no means do I think that it takes away from the story. I don't think either of it are, is too descriptive. It's very subtle. I didn't even notice it now until you said it. Yeah. And at no point in the whole series, and I would go so far to say that for me, it's the original trilogy that I consider, which is A Court of Thorns and Roses, A Court of Mist and Fury, and A uh, Court of Wings and Ruin, which completes this entire saga with so many characters but each character is given enough depth and enough of a backstory for you to fall in love with them. Saraji Mass has this thing with smells which I don't believe a fantasy author has done before. Let's not even get into pine and snow before we have to but there are so many really pivotal scenes and they keep happening as the story builds they never feel like a drag to me agreed agreed i think is more prevalent for me in throne of glass because it's a 7.5 book series every character there's found family trope there's a lot of tropes in akutar that have always been done right but they are done so well with a lot of care with a lot of time and patience in the Akutar trilogy. That's why you like it more. It takes three books to build that found family. It doesn't. It happens pretty quickly. It happens in one book. But the way it happens, it's such a realistic story, the way it's written. Yeah. And to make fantasy accessible like that, especially when you have certain morally gray characters at this point in time, I would be really surprised if anybody hasn't already been spoiled about Reese. So we're mm-hmm. going to get into Reese Sand pretty quickly. He's such a morally gray character and is portrayed as a morally gray character in the entirety of the first book. Even though you can see these facets of him where he's truly helping Feyre through whatever does happen and all the ordeal that she goes through. 
and yet in the second book you see how much of a trade off he has to make between being the uber powerful high lord and at the same time uh, having to give up a lot which is done so badly in in dark romance or in fantasy in particular if i don't see that trade off that the morally gray character sacrifices and the reasons for them being the way they are it's just not going to help you fall in love yeah i think mostly at least what i've read about morally gray characters it's because of dark romance and that's very insta love it's not written well you're right we learn so much about reese's sacrifice and the big thing about his sacrifices that i love is that he never expected her to know or never expected fera to reciprocate whereas in dark romance you always get the pov that oh i did this for you i did it for you reese never said that reese never felt that yeah and it's it's so refreshing and it was still so refreshing then because these books were coming out at the time when eroticas or smart and dark romance was really taking ground mm-hmm. and this was something different which was showing you that even if you are this uber powerful fantasy creature you still have some things to answer to and that is so important when your readership are mostly young women and men potentially who are picking these books up and more than anything else even the fantasy elements the seven courts what happens in each of the courts the court intrigue with all the issues in autumn court night court all these different facets of the world are so interesting and nothing is like an information mm-hmm. dump which is also a, a shortcoming that i personally find really really bad in some fantasy book agreed so the first time i read akutar trilogy i only focused on the romance that's what sgm made us do i always fall, fall for the author's manipulation and sgm is so good at manipulating readers you fall for the character she wants you to fall for then you hate the character she wants you to hate she's very good at it the first time i read it i was like oh romance 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 amazing amazing i love it the second time the third time i read it i started noticing the political intrigue the or the actual sacrifices of people not for romance but for like war and the greater good and i missed all of that in my first read sara j mas writes books where you keep reading them and you find new facets to love to to admire i think very few authors do that even i think yeah. that not even hunger games did that for me like i did not find anything new when i read the hunger games trilogy that is that is so true i've read them five times right more than five times and that's why i cannot in good conscience agree with people who think that sjm's books are do not have depth or they're stupid or they make you any less because how can you read something five times and still discover new things about this this world and these characters yeah. it's impossible like mm-hmm. i have passages from both throne of glass and akutar embedded in my head at this point and i know all the scenes i i know everything and yet i find something new and this just goes to show how great of an author she is especially mm-hmm. to put in all these easter eggs through 15 books 
to, to then do Crescent City, which is for another day. But it did not happen overnight. And that just goes to show how good she is and how relatable these circumstances are. I could create playlists upon playlists of Taylor's songs that I relate to Akotar. Like Exile, it is everything in terms of who, what Fira and Tamlin's relationship looks like. Mm-hmm. To finish it's brilliant there are so many songs that you can just fit to one person in one book because their characters change and their characters evolve so i cannot say this song is for this couple i have to say this song is for this couple for second half of this book that's how yeah. her stories flow it's so nice i just agotar is so great from start to finish and probably a court of mist and fury is one of the best depictions of mental health and trauma that i have seen which does not trigger my own mental health issues mm. and that takes a lot to write mhm it is very healing it also shows you how to take care of such a person it's not just a good representation of your own mental health but also how to take care of other people it just sets good boundaries when it comes to mental health issues which i cannot say the same about throne of glass sadly i love throne of glass but knowing that we just finished a kingdom of ash reread a couple weeks ago and it put me in the biggest slump and i couldn't finish it in one go just goes to show how diverse of an author Mas really is throne of glass is everything that was lacking from the world of epic fantasy thus far in terms of having females be the kind of characters that we'd come to expect of morally grey men selina is a definitely a questionable character through a large part of the series the way she does things the way we get to see this uber nice assassin who is into luxurious things who has crazy amount of training brought to this castle environment where she's trying to be a champion for the king who put her in a, a prison and a slave camp in the first place and then how she deals with things is so refreshing i'm going to be honest till that point in time in all of my time as a reader since i was a kid i had never read a female character like that ever she mm. is badass from first page to last page her badassery is incomparable to and i agree and we've read about katniss and we know she was a badass we've read yeah. about hermione we know she was a badass but selina was a badass who loves to flaunt it who can who loves to flaunt her femininity her confidence her arrogance and she can back it up she is a good assassin she works through problems and gives solutions and oh my god that's not always true for selina Mm-hmm. she is extremely impulsive in the first few books she doesn't think things through always she acts impulsively but then you see her character grow through trauma and yeah. through just heartbreak and anger and love and you're like who is this person who two books ago was just slapping people left and right <laughs> was punching her way through the world and now she's like hello I am XYZ. Love yeah, and you should kiss the ground that I walk upon. 
the world itself is so interesting this is a war riddled world from the first world of the mm-hmm. series this is not a world where you are appreciating the beauty and the colors it's not a pretty world from the lens of most people that live in it there's slavery there is active violence uh, in almost every page the themes are extremely dark for it to be a young adult series and to have a character like this was something that i would not have imagined even though we're so used to reading strong characters a character who displays this sort of manipulation to her was not considered as a redeeming quality for women it still is not if i just look at some of taylor's work for example and think of blank space you know this villainous character who's just waiting to fill her life with men and she's in a bathtub of jewels in some of her songs it's so good to see that and and see the growth that selina has throughout throne of glass mm-hmm. also reminds me of the song great american dynasty oh yes Yes, the loudest woman this town has ever seen. That is Selena Sardothian mm-hmm. for you. Yeah, like I could see her dying a dog. Kilim Green, I can see her doing that just for the sake of it. Yet at the same time, it's all a front, and that's what makes it so great. And one of the things about Throne of Glass, writing wise, that just surprises me till date is the way the plot twists are written in it. One book. can have like three or four of them and they're developed over time and you're seeing so many things happen and it's not like you're just thrown into this and you're like oh yeah that happened it's not like that it is built and built and built into this crescendo where everything just erupts and it is written so beautifully and at the same time there are these small things that are snuck into the entirety of the series some of which are not tied till the last book mhm i don't know I don't know what the world says but that's how you hook an audience and it's done very intelligently. Like if yep. I were to draw a map of everything that happens in Throne of Glass everything would make sense. There are very few plot holes. You and I after so many rereads probably have to discuss it multiple times to even come up with a plot hole that makes sense. Yep. It's not always that one plot point crescendos and develops and reveals itself at the end. That's not what always happens. she gives us tidbits she reveals small things in the middle of her books and that makes you feel like okay wow this happened mm that's a fun plot twist it doesn't always and i really like it a lot of authors you know do that towards the end everything is revealed towards the end yeah and even when you get to like the big revelations the good thing is that she ties up things that happen in the book and the previous books and then you start to connect the dots in your head that oh yes that did happen oh this was for mm-hmm. this particular ending even though i waited 2 years for kingdom of ash after the pain that empire of storms was i still think that she does cliffhangers better than any author i've ever seen truly like I would wait 2 years I would wait 3 years to get to what's happening next the amount of contrast that you see in the magic system in both 
Akotar and Throne of Glass, even though they are centered around the Fae. There are enough differences for it to seem fresh. If you were reading Throne of Glass and you were reading Akotar at the same time, there would be enough differences that not everything melds together. And that is extremely important when it comes to fantasy writing or any sort of writing, that your characters seem fresh, even though you are writing about the same sort of creature. Right. The Fae in Throne of Glass, a lot of them can transformed fully into animals, especially Faye from Wendelin. So think Rowan, all of the cadre, etc. In Prithian, only the High Lords can transform into other creatures or like if you have transformation powers like Tamlin does, but not all Faye can. So mm -hmm. even politically, there is so much of a difference in, in both of these series. Okay, let's just get it out of the way. I do not like how the series ends. I do not like the last 30% of Kingdom of Ash. So much so that in this reread, I refuse to read it. I DNF'd at 70%. I don't want to put myself through the disappointment. It's not sadness. It's just disappointment. <laughs> I did read 7.5 books, right? And I don't know when I went from book 2 to book 7. How? How does the plot flow so well you have character growth you have character degrowth you don't always have new characters coming in but you sometimes do and then you're not sure if they're black or white or morally gray you don't know where allegiances lie this is a series that never feels so long to me harry potter feels long to me yeah and it just goes to show the amount of planning SJM probably does before her books. And I was watching a recent interview she did as the release of How Fast was happening. And she said that she plots three or four books in advance. And I see why. Because now whatever she's doing with the mass verse, like mm. the multiverse, mm. you can't do that if you're not planning ahead in time. And if you think about the actual timeline of Throne of Glass from the moment Selena enters the glass castle in Rifthold to the very end, there's like an 18 to 19 month period. And yeah. so when you read the books, it is happening in a very quick succession. And to be able to condense some of these books are long. Kingdom of Ashes, thousand pages. And it never for once feels like that. I know you're not a fan of Crescent City, but this would not be a fully complete discussion before we touch upon it, considering we both are still reading Ofas. I am about 60% of the way through in House of Flame and Shadows. And these are really long books, but I will admit that with both House of Earth and Blood and with House of Sky and Breath, you are very aware that these are 800 pages books and that never happens to me in Throne of Glass or Aquatar for that matter. Yep. Crescent City couldn't be more different from Aquatar and Throne of Glass. Both Court of Thorns and Roses and Throne of Glass are set up in like a medievalish fantasy world. These people don't have technology. They fight with swords. So it's very medieval. And at the same time, Crescent City is set in an urban fantasy world against a city where there's technology, where there are guns, there are phones. It's a very modern science fiction book and honestly is very different in the way it's structured as well. It is a mystery at the heart of it more than the fantasy. Still, you kind of get to sky and breath. But yeah, that's 
that's what crescent city is all about mm-hmm. crescent city i don't know what crescent city is about okay you talked about the heart of it i'm sorry i'm not putting myself reading through it again to get to the heart of it like oh, the reader experience was horrible i cannot for yeah. the life of me figure out what the plot of the book is why is there so much info dumping like should i be taking notes is this what my life has come to now and i do take notes i annotate my books again what is cbd the central business district am i supposed to know it they just talk about cbd cbd and i'm like <laughs> where was the i know it but i will say i'm not completely against these books whatsoever i do like crescent city but i will admit that the first time i read crescent city 1 it was like a 2 star 2.5 stars book for me and in my second and then the recent reread i did i did end up liking it quite a bit and i was telling you these new things that i was discovering and i i remember seeing messages from you like did that happen what is that so that does tend to happen in crescent city and crescent city is written in a very different way than what sarah normally writes it's those books where everything's happening in the last 30% and so the first 70% if you've skimmed through you won't remember it and i'm just so glad for both of us that we're having a different reading experience with hope we are we're not going to get into it you yeah. know what now that you mentioned that you were rereading it remember how you did not remember a very important plot point and it's some characters got married and you were like wait when did they get married you just read the book so tell me now yeah, tell me I, now that you like these books and i have books. i have a bone to pick with sarah jemas why does she not include weddings the like the only wedding we get in the book doesn't even like in any of her books doesn't even happen like the only thing it does for me is gives me a video in my head or what speak now the song taylor song would be like there are no weddings she just doesn't do weddings i want a wedding i want a full blown full affair dancing and gowns wedding and she's not done it why would she not do that i want a wedding I... if there's no wedding there's no marriage in my head <laughs> i think we should ask did you and josh have like a big wedding or did you just decide to do it randomly is that what's inspiring Seriously. all of this just give me one wedding is it too much to ask for like you create characters that make me question and hate my romantic life and then you don't even give me a wedding but oh no you're okay giving me babies but not a wedding i wish they didn't give us babies but yeah <laughs> yes yes but that's a very about- mm-hmm. Who are we talking about? Are we ever going to talk about a court of silver flames? <laughs> we we are we don't like Nesta, that is true. But I do think that we will someday go into the details of some of these books by popular demand, but we just wanted to quickly touch upon why we're so crazy about Sarah J Mass considering It is Hofast release week. Before we leave you, we're all very excited for Eros tours like to start again. I am excited. I can't wait for Reputation TV. What I just did was changed my laptop's wallpaper to Reputation in hopes that we get Reputation TV soon so I can be in my Reputation era. I already have a haircut planned, so <laughs> here's hoping. 
Okay, that was so random. I can I can imagine you changing your wallpaper for manifesting reputation, but changing your haircut. Okay. I think yeah. I need it. It's 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 so normal. I think I need some drama. I need my hair to Always. have some drama. Always. Yeah, that was a really short episode about Sarah Jamas in comparison to all we have to say about her, but send us feedback we love hearing it until then bye bye